0: Hey, if you're, if you're not excited about what God is doing in your life, you ought to let God start doing some stuff, amen? Because God's plan, man, is awesome for your life, amen? But How many of you know life can get hectic, amen? Has it been a crazy week or what, babe? Good Lord, our oldest son got married on Friday, that's awesome, amen, isn't it weird? It's kind of weird, uh, you know, first thing they did, though, I'm going to talk to him as soon as I see him, first thing they did as a married couple is skip church, I'm not digging that, man. Uh, You know, and and I called him to talk to him about it. He's not taking my calls. (laughs) Oh man, that's crazy! Praise God! Just thrilled with what God's. You know, I don't know if you've taken a. You know, because of the pace of life, you know, just but just this weekend, you know, I was just walking around, looking around here, thinking, "Good Lord, God's good." You know. You know. Hey, we're not on Clearwater anymore. That, that ought to make you happy right there okay you know god's doing it's that psalms what is it 126 thing you know it, that uh it seemed too good to be true it was like a dream too good to be true amen that, that nations were talking about us saying how wonderful our god is amen god has been wonderful to us we are one happy people i think we ought to celebrate one more time thanking god for what he's doing Doing awesome things. God's on them. Think about it. A couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago on on Father's Day, 21 saved in one service. 31 baptisms on the weekend. My God, somebody. And and he just keeps blessing. How do you know that God's just getting started? I said, God's just getting started. You know, he wants to to bless you. I'm telling you, God wants to bless you. He, he He ain't out to harm you. If God wanted to hurt you, you'd be hurting. Hello, somebody. He ain't trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. He's not trying to put us down. He's trying to lift us up. He's trying to, you know, it's interesting. Stephen is talking about the law and the law. You know, if you operate inside the parameters of any law, you reap the benefit of the law. The law law is not a bad thing. We always act like law is a bad thing. We're no longer under the law. Well, then life's sucking for you. Really, if you live outside the parameters of the law, then uh, you live in Dangerville. Life, life will get out of order. Anytime you let God rule and reign in your life, life, comes, life lines up into order. That, that's what it's all about is God, God keeping us in a place, you know, in, in the right position. You know, if God's pouring out blessings, but you're not there to receive it, it don't do you any good. You got to get in the right position, right? And that's what that's all about is the parameters to keep us in the position so that we can be blessed, right? It's like correction. A lot of people think correction is a bad thing. No, correction is a good thing our mindset you know our perspective on stuff is so screwed up we think that and it might be because maybe you've experienced correction in a harsh manner but that's that's not godly correction you know when god corrects is it's because he loves you and and he's bringing us well so that you don't live wrong right Seeking his righteousness, the Amplified Bible says that his way of doing, his way of being right. You know, the, the when, we, when, we, when we live inside that, the, you know, those boundaries, all we're doing is staying in the right position. Staying in the right position. And, that's, and, and you can't do that without the Word of God. You've got to have the Word of God. Right? You know, uh, you and I, well, think of all the stuff we disagree on. It doesn't make any difference what you and I disagree on. What we, we don't have to agree with each other. We have to agree with him. Right. And so when we agree with him, it automatically positions us so that we're in the right place to receive what he has for our life. You're not going to have the life that God has planned for you unless you got the word of God that, you know, that, that's, that he spoke to keep you on a collision course with his plan. So you need God's word. Look at your neighbor and tell him you need God's word. If you're here today and you don't own a Bible, hold your hand up. You know, you can't find yours. You, you hit it so well, you can't find it. Uh, uh, hold your hand up, and our ushers will give one to you. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the Word of God. Guys, you need God's Word every single day. You need, need to find a Scripture that you're weaving into the very fabric of your being so that it becomes a part of who you are right? You know, uh, uh, take Psalms 119 verse 165. It says, great peace have those that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Great peace. Everybody say great peace. Great. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say great peace. Great. We're not talking about a little itty bitty peace. We're talking about great mega peace. We're talking about huge peace. Peace has the ability to swallow the storms of life. Yeah. Hey, hello. Come on. You know, we're telling you that when you live God, God, God's way, that your life will come into alignment. Everything will be in order. It doesn't mean that that you're never going to experience chaos. But I tell you, the last thing you want to do is enter chaos with everything out of order. Huh? I said the last thing you want to do is enter chaos and everything's out of order. In other words, you know, when when you go to get your pop at the pop machine, the pop machine's out of order. What does that mean? Can't get your pop. You don't want to go into chaos and you can't get your pop. You know, you don't want to go into chaos and, and, and you can't tap into the power you know uh great peace man there's a peace that passes all understanding that'll keep your heart and your mind riveted on him you won't even worry about your problem why because of this great peace what uh, what's that what what's what's producing that great peace it's the knowledge of knowing that hey god's on my side he's never gonna leave me never gonna forsake me he's not walking away from me hello somebody great peace have those that love thy law not 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 just that have listened to it or have read a verse or two man you got a relationship with the word See, if you, love, if you love his law, if you love his law, you understand that it ain't about manipulating you. It ain't about controlling you. It ain't about ripping you off. It ain't about putting you in a position where you can't have any fun. It, no, that's not what his law is about. His law is keeping me in the position where I have peace. Right? Great peace have those that love thy law. And nothing, no thing, not one single, no, not one single thing shall offend them. And you might be thinking, well, man, you know, I, I don't feel angry. No, off end. Take you off the end that he declared at the beginning, man. I'm telling you, all the enemy's strategy is is uh, what it's all about is is to reposition you to to get you. Because think about it, Satan, Satan, and all the powers of hell can't do anything about the power of God. Can't, you know, man, that's our provision, right? The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my life. The Lord is my hope. The Lord is my joy. The Lord is my song. What's the devil going to do about the Lord? Nothing. But he can get you to reposition yourself so that you're separated from it. Where you're outside, again, outside the parameters, you can't get to it. Well, if you can stay in the law, if you, can, if you know the word, then you can, you can walk through anything with great peace. That's why Paul said, I'm ready for and equal to do anything that comes my way through Christ. He's infusing me with an inner strength. Now, it, 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 nothing can take me off the end. I don't care what happens between now and the end. That's called the middle. But when I get to the end, my final outcome will be better than my current condition. And God, God has declared an end at our beginning. Man, I'm telling you, you, you want God's word in your life. I said, you want God's word in your life. You, you, need, you need the peace of God. Amen? If, if you could find out what God has to say about every area of your life. Some of you guys need to mark your calendar here when, when uh, uh, the fall semester of Grow Group starts and we're offering financial peace uh, here at the church and so that we can help as many people as we can at one time uh, get, just walk themselves into financial freedom. And, and if, you'll, if you'll do it God's way, I'm telling, you, I'm telling you you can be free. Hello somebody. See some of you guys need to quit spending so much. Well, that was huge, amen, right there. Wasn't that huge? Wasn't that, did you feel the great agreement and support there? And it's like, <laughs> be like Jesus. Be, be like J- Jesus saves. <laughs> so I so, so just, just want to help you. And, and uh, uh, what, what, you know, get signed up and get participate in that. Move yourself, position yourself to line up with God's law in every realm of your life. Come on, it's about positioning. Look at somebody, ask them, what position are you in? <laughs> that might be a dangerous question for some of us. Yeah, never mind. Okay, uh, but you got, you got to check out your position. It's all about being in the right position. See, because a lot of us, we're, we're, we're wanting God to do stuff. See, if, if I had you raise your hand, and I'll do that later, but if, if I had you raise your hand right here and ask how many of you are, are, are believing for God to do some great things in your life, and you really want God. Some, there's people in the room right now, you really need God to do some great things. I need God to do some great things. But how many you know that, that he's done great things? And, but but our, role, our role in that is to be positioned correctly. Because uh, you do know that there are some things that God cannot do. You're wanting God to do everything, but there are some things God cannot do. You know, for example, God cannot lie, right? He cannot lie. You know, uh, uh, another one, God cannot stop loving you. His love is an everlasting love, right? Uh, uh, God, God cannot leave you. Hey, I I think sometimes the enemy will try to make you feel like god left No, you might have separated from him, but he cannot leave you. He said I will never leave you nor forsake you Right Uh, a couple other things god cannot do Uh, god cannot think like you and I think God has god has never said you know what I just thought of Nothing has ever occurred to god Right? He's omniscient, omniscience, all wisdom. There, there's, there ain't nothing he doesn't know. He, he's, that's why when he said, hey, my thoughts aren't like your thoughts. My ways aren't like your ways. It was an invitation up to gain his perspective. And James, he said, if you lack wisdom, ask. I'll, I give liberally. Uh, I, I can show you some stuff. How many of you know that God knows some stuff you don't know? Jeremiah 33, 3, he said, call me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. I mean, just that verse alone ought to prove to you that there are some things that you knowest not. Well, yeah, God knows stuff we don't know. Well, why aren't you asking any more questions? Why is it when you're going through life? If we had a revelation of the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, and the the perspective of God, one, we'd never fear again, and two, we'd be tapping into that as often as possible. But yet we're going through life making decisions every single day, and we're not getting info, we're not getting input, we're not getting advice from God. Why? Because we're under the impression we know everything. We're under the impression that we know what's right. And and what we have to do is we have to realize that, wait wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, God has a perspective that's bigger than mine. You know, one of the writers in the book said, you are God in heaven, here I am on earth, let my word be small. So in other words you said god there you are in heaven the big picture here I'm on earth not a clue let's go with what you say Let, let's get the wisdom of god on this stuff come on you're making decisions in life decisions lead to a place you know desire leads to a thing you got great desire and your desire is comprised of things but things are located in a place and it's the decisions you make that'll take you to the place where the thing that you desire is located you might want to write that down Okay. So the decisions you make are going to take you to the place, hopefully that's the place where the things that you desire are located, because if you make decisions that lead away from the place that the things are located, you can't be frustrated that you don't have the things that you want. If you want some things, you just got to get positioned to where the things are at, but you can't expect to receive the thing if you've made a decision that takes you from, away from the place where the thing that you desire is located. So you got to get in the right place. Well, that's, what is that? That's a decision. Well, if you're going to make the decisions, then you got to get some input from God. Because you'll, you'll, you'll think, you'll think, man, I know exactly where that's at. And you'll go there. How many of you, how many of you, and again, you don't have to raise your hand yet, but how many of you, e- even already today, you, you went looking for something, you know exactly where it was, and when you got there, the thing that you desired wasn't in the place where you went. You don't know, think about it, car keys or, or your glasses. You have no idea how often I go looking for my glasses, and they're not in the place where I thought that they were. And I make decisions to get to the place where I think the thing is located, but the thing that I want isn't even in the place that I took myself to. Well, what about bigger things in life? Haven't we all experienced that? Where we've we've ended up, you know, we worked hard to get to a certain place, and when we got to that place, the very things that we really, truly desired weren't accessible there. We need God's wisdom. Hello? Let me tell you something else he can't do, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more in detail this morning. Uh, uh, Something else that God can't do. God cannot this is a cannot this is a cannot God cannot he cannot I don't care how hard you think he can he can't he cannot be second he he was before all he's above all and he is before all he was first and he's gonna be first he is first Hello, somebody. God cannot be second. And that's, that's really what Jesus was pushing at when, you know, in Matthew 6, 33, when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing and his way of being right, and then everything else will come into order. But you got you gotta you gotta put him first. See, God's first. God's first. I'm 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 happy that you are striving to put God first in your life. But even if you don't put God first in your life, he's still first. Man, you know, when you make a decision to not put God first, it does not change his place of order in the universe. You're not rearranging the universe. You are just displacing yourself from his, from his culture. But God is first. Hello, somebody. The God, God is first. Everything should be done decently and in order. I'm telling you, that it's important that we understand that God's first because it keeps everything else in order. If you and I try to live a life where God isn't first, then we, we displace ourselves. We get outside uh, the parameter uh, of, uh, of the kingdom. Man, there, there's a kingdom culture. God is first. We're believers. We're Christ followers. He's got to be first. He, he, he's not, he's, he can't be a close second. No, he's first in every area of our life. We got to, we got to make God, look at somebody and tell them, man, you got to make God first. We were, uh, uh, we we were listening uh, to uh, uh, some teaching this week by by a man, uh, his name is Dr. Roby Sonderegger. We'll call him Dr. Roby. And uh, he's an Australian clinical psychologist. He's got a BA, a BS, and a PhD, which really impressed me because all I have is BS. And... uh, uh, (laughs) But he, he was talking about kingdom culture, and, uh, and, and he put slides up of yogurt, you know, because yogurt is culture, and he, if you could see it at a microscopic level, you'd never put it in your mouth again, and yada, yada, yada. And the, the, I'm thinking, I'd eat anything. I'd eat that. And, and, uh, but but he, he made a great point that the, the health of a culture determines the health of a body. And that there, there's, there's a definite culture in, in our physical body. There's a culture in our house, in our home, in, in our church, in our businesses. And, 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 uh, and you know... Uh, And part of that culture that we have to understand is if we keep it healthy, we keep the body healthy. And he talked about the makeup uh, that that you could apply to a church or a home or a business or any area of your life you want to. But uh, in the church, you know, who's the head of the church? Well, Jesus is the head of the church. And then under Jesus is the pastor. And under the pastor would be the senior staff. And the senior staff would be over the staff. And the staff would be over the volunteers. And the volunteers would be over the congregation. The congregation beneath the congregation is is society, community outside the building. And, and, uh, uh, and he just, he, he put that there, and he said, you know, what happens is that in, in kingdom culture, uh, empowerment comes from the top. So uh, Jesus empowers the pastor, the pastor empowers the senior staff, the senior staff empowers the staff, the staff empowers the volunteers, the volunteers empower the congregation, the congregation goes out and impacts the world. And, and, honor goes, goes the other direction. You always, you know, power, empowerment always comes down from the top and, and honor goes, you, you know, you bring honor back up. And I know what some of you guys are thinking too. Uh, and, uh, you know, you, you ever think about this? Craig and I were talking this morning before service and we were in my office and we were talking about honor and the culture of honor and, and, uh, the fact that, you know, a lot of people, well, you know, we don't want, we want to be real careful here. Or don't want to honor a man because we're, we, we want to honor God. But see, uh, anytime you're honoring a person, you're honoring the God in that person. Right, because I'll tell you what, there's none righteous, no, not one. So, you know, you, you have to understand something that I, I get it. I, without, without him, I'm nothing. But uh, you, you have the ability to honor people. But if you're going to give God honor, uh, if you're going to give God honor, and, and I'm assuming that most of us would like to honor God, and if you're going to give God honor, then before you can give a thing, you have to be a receiver of that thing because you cannot give what you do not possess. So that when you give honor to a person, you are actually positioning them to honor so you have to be able to give honor. You have to have some honor, and if you don't have any honor, that's why you don't honor. It's not because of the, that's a person; it's because you're 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 out of honor. And so what you have to do is receive honor, so that you can give honor. Just thought I'd throw that in there. And and uh. uh and this empowerment the power comes the power comes and see the higher up the higher up you go whether it's in the house you know hey if you're the husband you know you're supposed to be the head of the house and jesus is the head of you and he's empowered you to you know and you get that well the higher you the higher and this is just kingdom culture the higher you go in power uh, the lower you go in rights mm-hmm. let me say that again if you if you want more power you're going to have to give up more rights It's like if you're if you're if if you call up a friend who's just in the congregation, you call him up on Sunday and you say, hey, uh, and have you look outside? It is beautiful today. Let's head to the river. He looks out his window because my Lord, it really is nice. It's not near as hot as it has been. And uh, but, you know, it's Sunday. This is the Lord's Day. Let's see. What should we do? We got we got the river. We got church. Okay, meet you at the river. Why? Because he has the right to go to the river. You know, weird how quiet it is in here dude, we're not in trouble. We're just increasing our understanding, right? Call the pastor, same day. Have you seen how nice it is outside? Yeah. You want to go to the river? No. Why? Well, I got responsibility. I got power. So I, I had to give, I don't have that right. Hello? And, and, and he made this point, and I, and I just want to bring it to you because it's really, really, really important, uh, that, that when you start fighting for your rights, you start losing your power. That when you fight for your rights, you're actually lowering yourself instead of elevating yourself. And, and, and there's a demonic mindset that is plaguing our culture today. Think about it. Every, every group on the face of the planet is fighting for the rights. Well, well, well what's that all about? Because, because there's a demonic influence to get you to release your power. Because in order to take hold of your right, you have to let go of your power. So the more you fight for your rights, the more you let go of your power. Come on, you parents know what I'm talking about. You've had children that, and, and it's right at that age, right? It's right at that age. You know, isn't it weird how how, how kids get, uh, you know, about 16, right in the, right in the 16, 16 to 18, they're, they're they're little, man, they're on the edge. Come on now. Don't leave me out here by myself. Somebody say Amen. Thank you, because there's some of them just looking at me going, What are you talking about? I got the right to take you out right now. and You have no right to talk to me that way. And, and, and they, get to, they get to the. Remember when, when, when the devil was messing with Jesus in the wilderness and he wasn't getting anywhere, and it, and it says that he left him to, to, to wait for a more opportune time. It, it's a, the devil is an opportunist, he's looking for the right time, and he, and he hits our kids right at that right time. When, when they're when they're feeling they need to they, they need to press in and take hold of independence, and so they struggle against the authorities in their life. They fight for their rights, which 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 causes them to lose the empowerment that they should be receiving from their parent. Hello, somebody. And, and, and if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll be fighting for your rights, but you'll end up letting go of all your power. And, I, and that's exactly what hell wants you to do. Hell wants you to fight for your right. But give up your power. But how many of you know that Jesus, who was equal with God, he didn't think it strange or odd to come down and surrender those rights and, and, and take on the form of humanity so that he could fulfill the purpose of God? See, a lot of us, in our mindset, our mindset's so weird that we think that provision precedes purpose. That if when I get enough money, I'm going to do some great things for people. When I, when I get enough money, I'm going to do some great things in life. So provision's going to come, then I'm going to be able to have purpose. But see, that's, the, that's not kingdom culture. Purpose precedes provision. You don't need provision if you ain't got Purpose. Right? So you got to have the purpose first. But let me tell you what, what precedes purpose is position. You got to be in the right position. You get in the right position, then you can have the proper purpose. And when you get the right purpose, I'm telling you, provision shall be seen. And it's all about positioning. And the enemy's trying to get you out of position, he's trying to offend you, he's trying to get you to separate. There's a way that seemeth right to a man. But the ends are death. Death is separation. It's not dead. Death is just not in the right position. You got an enemy who's trying to reposition you. He doesn't need you in your position of power. He wants you, to, he wants you fighting for your right. He wants you proving that, that you have a right to live. This is my life. I'll live my life my way. And, and, and you know, I got these rights. And, well, here's the deal, though, is that you, you, you're missing out on the power. And God, God, wants, to, God wants to fill your life with Power she got to be in the right position. You know what it really all comes down to, and I think we struggle with this, and and I'm just saying, you know, it's Sunday morning, and I'd never say this on a Saturday night because I don't think they're mature enough to take it, but Sunday morning believers. Listen, you know what it comes down to? It comes down to humility. Humility is not a weakness. It's not a timidity. Humility is a teachable spirit. If you'll receive with meekness the engrafted word of God, it has the power. I'm telling you, where's the power? It's in the word of God. If you can receive with a teachable spirit the, the, the engrafted word of God, it has the power to change the way you think, which will change the way you feel, which will change the choices you make, which will change the actions that you perform, which is going to change the habits that you develop, which is going to change the character that you possess, which is going to change the end result that you experience. Why? Because you'll be in the right position. See if you well. I gotta, ride, I gotta ride, and you you start making decisions based off of those emotions, and it'll get you in the wrong position. God can't be second. See, and if you start making the wrong choices, you end up trying to reposition God. No, you ain't changing God's position. You're changing your position. Oh, come on, somebody. That's really good. You, you're not relocating God. Well, this is my life. You know, you want to get church people fired up. Let's do it. Let's do it today. huh? Come on. Let's do it today. Let's get, let's get the church fired up. Let's talk about the tithe. Mm, the tithe. Yeah. Well, this is my money. Really. See how you do with that. The decisions you make in the financial realm are going to determine the position that your finances end up in? With the power of God attached to it or without? Well, let me tell you what I think. You know, frankly, Scarlett, um, here's what I wish. I wish, and and I've got to be careful how I say this, because I wish... God would just pour out cash in here. You you know what I'm saying? Bucket loads of money. But the problem is is that more money doesn't solve our our poor spending habits. Our choices put us in the position we're in, not the level of cash we have. Right? Because a decision leads to a place. Money's just a thing. And we start talking about tithe and about money and all of a sudden we're talking about a thing. And you think that uh, that, that, that thing is the issue. No, it's the position, it's the place that you're in that matters. It's the, Look at your neighbor and say, I think he's talking to you. Check this out. It, Exodus chapter 13. i got to hurry. Consecrate to me, consecrate to me all the firstborn. Say firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, it is mine. I wish I could get across to you how emphatic this language is. It is mine. It's not yours. It is mine. God saying, it is is mine. Drop down to verse 12 uh, just for time. You shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from animal uh, which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. That's important. You're going to break its neck. In other words, if you don't redeem it, you're going to lose it anyways. And the firstborn of, of man among your sons you shall redeem. There's keys to this culture. The first one is is uh, that the first must be sacrificed or redeemed this is God's culture hello somebody I said, "This is God's culture. This is the kingdom culture." Well, how do we know what to do when we've got, you know, when these things are? And He gives two different animal types, which are examples of of, of clean and unclean animals. And and the clean says, "You got you got to sacrifice the clean," and the unclean, uh, you got to redeem it. And if you don't redeem it, you're going to lose it anyways. Man, apply that to your tithe. If you don't redeem it, you, if you don't sacrifice it, you're gonna you're gonna lose it anyways. Well, what what about you and I? When we were born, were we born clean or unclean? unclean okay and and and, uh uh, you know i've been been reading a book uh by uh uh, robert morris it's called the blessed life and how many know that that's that's god's desire is to bless your life right that that's what the law is about it's keeping it in the parameters where the blessing is flowing and and and, and, he made a great point in the book he said uh you know all you have to do to find to, to make this point true and understandable that we were born unclean is just ask the experts which are the parents How many many parents are in here? Go ahead, let everybody look around the room, see this for just a minute. Okay, listen, parents, do you have to teach your children to be bad? Dude, they got that down. Okay, so, you know, uh, we have to teach them to be good, right? Well, well, why? Well, because we were born unclean. And so what has to happen is that we have to be redeemed. That's why Jesus, who, who was perfect, had to be sacrificed. He was born clean, and he had to be sacrificed so that you and I could be redeemed hello somebody and it's really it, to me it's really easy uh, to see how this applies to the tithe this principle applies to the tithe by the way jesus was god's tithe jesus was god's tithe think about it. he gave him first he didn't wait to see if you were going to respond in, in a good way. He didn't wait to make a deal with you to get a contract together and say that okay, now after I you know we're, let's see we we've tried some stuff, we've kept some stuff back. This is what we got left over. You know, no, no, he gave him first. The first has to be sacrificed. Or, or redeemed. Hello, somebody. Remember the first city that they went into when they were uh, going in to possess the land? They ended up in Jericho, and Jericho, everything in Jericho belonged to the Lord. Why? Because it was the first city. I'm telling you, the first belongs to God. Look at somebody say, the first belongs to God. And here's something that you got to remember, is that the first actually has the power connected to it. Okay, the the redemptive power is connected to the first. That's why it's really important that that we get this, that the first fruits must be offered. Look at uh, Proverbs 3, verse 9. It says, honor the Lord. And by the way, Proverbs, hundreds of years after the law. Honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all your increase. So here's the deal, is that you've got to you've got to offer the first fruits. Why? Because they're God's. Exodus 23, 19. I like this one. It says it says uh, the first of the first fruits, in case you don't know what first means. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Where you take it? You take it to the house. You know, you're bringing it. You're not, give, you're not giving your tithe. You're bringing it. You're returning it. It ain't yours. You know, you're, you're returning your tithe, and, and, and you're acting like a big giver. <laughs> you, man, that'd be like, like me handing, you know, 100 bucks to somebody, because I'm not going to be here and say, hey, put that in the offering. When they get there, they show everybody how much they're giving. They ain't giving jack. It's not theirs. Okay, this is God's. Look at somebody. Tell them this is God's. You know, uh, go way back into the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 5. It says, in the process of time, notice that, in the process of time, Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And and in the next verse, keep going. It says, and Abel also, he brought the firstborn. Okay, And, and, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his. And Cain was really upset. Why, why wouldn't he accept it? Because it was in the process of time. After he paid the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, he saw what he had left over, and he brought that in. God doesn't, God doesn't accept leftovers. See, a lot of times when we're talking about tithe, we get all hooked up on the amount. And obviously, the word tithe means tenth, and, and we're smart enough to figure that out. But here's the deal. is that the, Let me tell you the powerful part. What releases the power on your tithe isn't the amount. It's the position. It's the first. You know, think about it. You got a business. You, 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 you got you know you, you got expenses. You, you, you got payroll. You, you got shipping and handling. You got product. But then you got profit. And so you know you, you're not paying tithe on your expenses. You're paying tithe on your profit. And, and, and you're bringing that tithe in, and, and let's, say, let's say that you make $1,000 of profit. Okay, so you get 10 $100 bills, and you, and you get them together, and you go and, you, and you take them home. Hey, which, which one of those 10 belongs to God? The first one to leave your hand. You know, because, oh, shoot, man, I got them all mixed up in the car. I can't remember which one is set apart. It's the first one to leave your hand. God's first. I'm telling you that there's power on the first. There's power on the first. If you can, if you can get this, you can, you, can, you can connect, you'll be positioned for God's power to operate, and it's going to impact everything else in your life. And God wants you blessed. Hello, somebody. Look at Leviticus 2730. All the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's holy to God. I'm telling you, God cares about this stuff. Hello, somebody he owns the first things i said he owns the first things look at it, uh, verse 14 in exodus 13 it's where, we, where we left off. So, so it shall be when your son asks you in time come, saying what is this then you got something to say by strength of uh, of hand the lord brought us out of egypt out of the house of bondage you know here's the deal Here's, here's, the, here's what it really comes down to, guys, is that, uh, you know, how, why are we going to honor the Lord this way? Why are we going to put God first? Why does it matter? Because there was a time, you know, you know there, there was a time, in, in my own life, There's a time, uh, you know, where, dude, there are some things about me that some of you guys don't know. There was a time that I, I lived in bondage. And what was weird is, I, you know, I was raised in church my entire life. But that does not mean I live godly. Hello, somebody. You know, I look around the room, and I see some of you guys, and I, see, and, and I can remember where God's brought you from. Hello? Some of you all ought to be in prison. Some of you guys shouldn't even be breathing. So, so, some, some of you guys, you know where God's brought you from. And he said, there's going to come a time that somebody's going to look at you, and they can say, what in the world are you doing? And you're going to make this statement. There was a time that we were in bondage, but with a mighty hand, God picked us up, and He delivered us, man, and, and, and He rescued us, and, 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 and we're not where we used to be, so we gladly give to Him what is His, because if it wasn't for God, we, we wouldn't have anything that we got. And, you know, instead of, well, I have the right to use this anyway. I work for this. Man, I'm telling you what, you were lost without Him. And I'm telling you, you, you were lost without Him. I don't care if you never smoked a cigarette never said a cuss word. Without the sacrifice that, that, that he made on your behalf, you're toast. And because he's delivered us and brought us out, guess what we do? We, we, just, we just, we respond and we, we live according to his culture. Why? Because it keeps us positioned right. It's about the position. Man, so that in my distress, David said, in my distress, I call upon the Lord. And he answers me. You know, you know you got you got great friends right now. If you call them right now, they'd look at their cell phone. Don't you just love caller ID? And we'll get back to them, huh? You know, and you know stuff about people. You know, dude. It, it, just in the last week, there were times that my children were calling me that I didn't want to answer. You know, we we had the wedding, a lot of prep going into the wedding. The the day after the wedding, Stephen's moving. Stephen's calling, needing help moving heavy stuff. Sorry, can't take your call right now. Leave a message. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. (laughs) In my distress. You know, if you're positioned right, it doesn't make any difference what happens. You can call on the Lord, and He answers you, and He delivers you, He empowers you. Man, the the stuff in life that you're gonna face, you wanna be empowered by God. Well, don't reposition yourself outside the parameters of where that power flows. Keep yourself there. Don't do not give the mortgage company your first. Because they don't have the power to redeem the rest. But God does. Oh, you just want our money. I promise you, God doesn't need your money. You need to be blessed. It's not, a, it's, it's not about that is what you think it is. You, see, God ain't thinking like you think. So you and I, we got to change the way we think. No, I got to stay positioned to live in the blessing. Now, uh, let, let me give you one more verse. All things work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good. Okay, here's the deal. I, I got two more questions, maybe three or four. But I'm going to try with two. No, three. Okay, first. First question. First question is, and just, just because, you know, you never, you, you never want to believe the preacher when he's talking about money. You want to talk, about, you want to, talk to people, right? Don't talk to the preacher because you know, he just wants your money. Okay, so how many people in this room, just hold your hand up so people can see you're a tither. Hold your hand up. Look around the room. Okay, now check it out. Look around the room. Go talk to one of them and ask them. Is life worse or better? Okay, talk to one of them. Okay, talk, talk to one of them. We got a 90-day money-back guarantee here. Serious. You, if, you, if you literally tithe for 90 days and, and life isn't better at the end, you can have your money back. Because it's not about, you know, God needs your money. No, it's you need to be blessed. Okay, now another show of hands. How, how, many, how many of you like good better than bad? Look around the room. Some people, they, they, they prefer bad. But, uh, you know, uh, you might want to scoot over because they might get what they want. Okay. But uh, and when that happens, <laughs> okay, space is a good thing. But here's the deal. All things work together for good. If you want good, you can't take some things and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put God first everywhere but here. All things work together for good. And here's, here's my third question. Is there room in your life to allow God to say, this is where I want you to apply it? Can, can you just find a spot right here this morning and just say, okay, Holy Spirit, you talking to me? You know, in a few minutes, uh, we're going to have prayer people at, at the screens and, and we want to pray with you about anything going on in your life. But some of us, you know what we need to do? We just need to take one step today. We need to take one step towards making sure that God's first. Because He ain't going to be second. We, we have to take a step and say, okay, God, You're going to be first in my life and I'm, I'm going to make that step. I'm going to make that move. I'm going I'm to position myself today. Some of us, you know, is, is, is shoot, uh, he, we, we got we to surrender our life to Jesus. Man, we're, we're trying to sit on the throne of our life and we don't, we don't fill the bill, man. we need God in our life. So we're going to pray a prayer before we leave here today. We're all going to pray this thing together and, and, and if you're here today and you say, you know what I need here's, here's how I start by putting God first. I, I get God involved. I open the door. I open the door for God's participation in my situation and I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm just going to let Jesus you know have my life. And if, if that's you today when we pray this prayer, I want you to make it your prayer. matter of fact, just close your eyes, close your book, bow your head. And if you're here, I'm not going to have you stand. I won't call you forward today. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I need, I need to make a move. I need to take a step. I need to let Jesus rule and reign in my life. I need to make this prayer my prayer. I need to get personal. I need to get real with God so God can be real with me. And I'm, I'm going to let Jesus have lordship in my life today. So this is going to be my prayer. If that's you, while nobody's looking around, just hold your hand up so I can agree with you in prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down. Anybody else, just hold your hand up real high and wave at me. And just say, Pastor Tom, um, Jesus, thank you. That's awesome. Jesus is taking over today. That's awesome. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Thank you, bro. So cool. Now I'm going to let Jesus rule and reign in my life today. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm actually going to be a follower of Christ. I'm going to do it his way. This prayer is my prayer. I want everybody in this room to pray with me and all these that raise their hand today. Just say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love, I need your acceptance, I need your forgiveness. Come into my life, change me from the inside out. Empower me, Lord, and give me vision, and give me hope, and give me strength. I choose to live for you and you alone from this day forward. Thank you for saving me, thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, give God one more shout.